That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. A jet of green light issued from Voldemort's wand just as a jet of red light blasted from Harry's. They met in midair. And suddenly Harry's wand was vibrating as though an electric charge were surging through it. His hand seized up around it. He couldn't have released it if he'd wanted to. And an arrow beam of light connected the two wands, neither red nor green, but bright, deep gold. Harry, following the beam with his astonished gaze, saw that Voldemort's long white fingers, too, were gripping a wand that was shaking and vibrating. And then nothing could have prepared Harry for this. He felt his feet lift from the ground. He and Voldemort were both being raised into the air, their wands still connected by that thread of shimmering gold light. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the story and its themes stay with a generation into adulthood. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Chapter 34, Priori Incantatum. In this chapter, Voldemort challenges a 14-year-old to a duel. Whoops. They dock wands and things get all steamy and vibrating. Oh, is this not an appropriate time for sex jokes? Well, this is how I cope, okay? This is how I cope. So the ghosts of all the boys Voldy's killed before show up to literally just troll him and tell Harry what to do and how to escape the situation. And finally, Harry breaks free of the connection. He runs to Cedric's body and he summons the porky and he gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> It's extremely traumatic, and personally, I'm not okay. Okay, I'm gonna like try to. I'm gonna see. I'm actually gonna move my microphone down, and I'm just. We're just gonna. Oh fuck. We're just gonna see how this goes. You guys can talk. It doesn't. I'm gonna matter, smoke the gonna... same thing as you, Christina, to start. It's on the same wavelength. <laughs> That's the wavelength. No, I like to think I'm more of like a like a binaural beats kind of girl where it's like Ooh, okay, okay. Mm. I like to think that I've got a big like chonk factor in mind. It's like wobble. Mm. Wobble. 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 I sleep to these weird like uh Tibetan bowls and like oh <laughs> <laughs> and it drives pretty nuts. Okay, I tried to do a good take of me getting... Of, I don't know if the grinder thing's going to work. I don't know if those sounds are loud enough. But I'm going to rip the bong, and then I'm going to start our episode, okay? I bet mine would be loud enough. Why don't we all rip the bong? I brought my inhaler out, so that's... I will hit it, <laughs> hit it before I start blasting my lungs. Good to go. Okay, and go. Like, makes you ten times more higher. 
<laughs> so I'm gonna do some editing. It's gonna sound really good. <laughs> it's gonna sound really good. It's gonna, blah, blah, blah. It's gonna sound blah, blah, blah. great. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. PBR, give me strength. <coughs> I'm good. Okay. <coughs> that was very pleasurable. Should have given the uh, the albuterol a, a second to <laughs> settle in my lungs. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Welcome to the restricted section where we will come back from the dead just to tell you you're doing a great job, honey. It's fucking 420. Ay, 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 ay. Huh? <laughs> I'll tell you what it is later, babe. Okay, cool. I'm your host, Christina. I'm fucking stoned this week, and I am joined by my also partaking friend, Andrew. Say, I'm high to the listeners, Andrew. <laughs> I feel like the FBI wants my location. <laughs> I'm high. <laughs> Hello, listeners. And this week's guest is the unparagoned Courtney Barry Vasquez, friend of the pod and longtime friend no. of me and Andrew, say I'm hi to the listeners, Courtney. I'm hi, everyone. We are so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much. So thank you for having me. Happy 420 to you both. And to you. It's the people's holiday. <laughs> and and also with you. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be blazing throughout this episode. I guess that's the whole celebration. We did it. Yeah. Um, I hope everyone is uh, enjoying this episode however they like, but if you like to listen to podcasts while smoking a fat blunt, that is what I hope for even more than any of the other options. Do the listeners uh, know where you live? Uh, they know the city I live in, which is illegal. Legal. So, so the state also. Yeah, state also. There's several, several Richmonds. Oh my god, there's actually so many, and I got into trouble with that at work. When I worked at Brandy Lane, I definitely hit up a couple libraries in Richmond. British Columbia? I think California. it was I think it was California, but I think there's also one in Illinois. So I, I moved to California temporarily at one point, and I was dressed in a very nice, brightly colored as I am one to wear, you know, shirt. I was talking to some friends and I dropped the line, yeah, I'm from Richmond. And they all just looked at me really confused. And I learned that day that Richmond, California is very, very hood and not at all what you would expect me in my brightly colored pastel shirt and shorts to come from. <laughs> when you're on the other side of the country, you have to just give people a state. I know, right? I know. Courtney, how the hell have you been since you were on this show some amount of months ago? I've been good, man. It's uh, a lot of changes. Bought a house. Yes. Three days Snaps ago. That. I'm back in school. Hell yeah. You know, work bullshit. Still smoking hella weed. Whole yeah. time. <laughs> you can be a high functioning stoner. Oh, absolutely. Straight A's, I'll have you know. Hell yeah. Oh. There we go. I'm Are so you proud? proud of you. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. It's a very nourishing awe, Christina. <laughs> I just love it when people do shit. You're crushing it. Well, are you ready to talk about <clears throat> chapter 34 of Goblet of Fire, Priori Incantatum? I think this book is super fun, even though I wouldn't say it's the best 
of the seven. I yeah. uh, I think that it's the most fun, probably, for me to reread. Mm-hmm. It has, like, so much in it. Yeah. It's got a good amount of spooky, and uh, I like a, a story about a game, you know? Maze Runner. Mm, yeah, it makes the goals clear, but are they clear? Da-na-na. Hunger Games. I'm listening to the Hunger Games audiobook right now. Ooh. It's a, it's so good. How do you find it? It's, it's, <laughs> it's so good. And it's like a big enough book that they got a very dope narrator for it. She's quite good. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wrong book series. Okay, so to clarify, Priori and Cantatum. Am I pronouncing that the way that you guys pronounce it? I, uh, I have a Latin background, not to brag. <laughs> so I go Priori, but. Ooh, that sounds better. <laughs> That sounds better. I do that as well, but I also have this weird thing where I say it in a British schoolboy accent because I always want to yell, Priori Cantatum! <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so so we'll, we'll pronounce it one of these ways. Yeah, yeah. Either or. Okay, so as a reminder, this chapter starts with Voldemort releases Harry, okay, and like gives Harry, Harry his wand back for a duel. That's what's happening. There's a duel. You know, the, any any classic wizard's duel, as Harry Potter has taught us, will need to involve at least two or three props of some sort. Uh, this is going mm-hmm. to be something that is either destroyed by magic or is actually useful within the magic. Um, because as we know, it's all about the drama. And so you've got to have that minimum number of props mm-hmm. for a really end of Harry Potter book duel, right? Yeah. <laughs> got to true. Got a dead Cedric. That's a good prop. That's a great prop. Whoa. <laughs> that's a live actor. <laughs> <laughs> Dedrick. Okay. Awesome. No, this is spooky as hell. And he's like, uh, got this gravestone, this like looming gravestone that he's like hiding behind. Um, okay. So Voldemort insists that Harry bows per custom, but Harry won't. Well, bitch. <laughs> he's a strong willed little boy. He just, is for some reason, I guess. <laughs> and Voldemort uses Imperio to make him. Mm-hmm. And then he hits him with the old Crucio really quick. That old chestnut. <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> and like Harry's leg is also already broken as a reminder or like sprained heavily. It's unclear. Not useful. It's not good. It's not doing good. It's providing nothing but pain. <laughs> yeah. So Voldemort asks if Harry, if he wants him to do it again. Very flirtatiously, actually. And he's like, yeah, daddy. (laughs) But Harry doesn't answer. So Voldemort casts Imperio. But Harry won't. Stop. (laughs) Harry says no. Yeah, he screams, I won't. Very dramatically. So this is when he dives behind the tombstone. Very vibey. Mm-hmm. I think you've used the word very four times in the last, like, Very vibey. Very vibey. <laughs> Everything's just happening so hard right now. It's, yeah. <laughs> to what extent? Did you microdose before this? <laughs> okay. I mean, this is, this is a do or die moment for Harry. His thoughts are racing. He feels like he knows he's facing certain death. And he wants to face it standing and courageous like his father. Yeah, and that's why he's... Father died. (laughs) Sorry, that's harsh, but you know, you know, sometimes you don't have to be the tough guy. Some guys, you could just be a coward and 
<laughs> Maybe you won't die. You know, Harry, the FBI says that your order of operation <laughs> should be run, hide, fight. Yes. And uh, you're quim, you just jump way too quickly to F, my friend. Hogwarts never had active shooter training. They definitely not did not. <laughs> Harry has the protagonist shield, though, at all times, <laughs> including, including at this time. Plotius Armorus. Harry casts Expelliarmus and Voldemort casts Avada Kedavra. And Jim Dale says this so, he says it so dramatically. He says like, Avada Kedavra. Like, it's the most dramatic shit. I feel like he is a Shakespearean trained actor. And I'm Mm. making this assumption because he is British, so. (laughs) Yeah. And he's got like the articulation for it. Okay, so the beams from their wands connect. Da-na-na. Their tits They're, d- they're talking. It's like uh, they connect. It vibrates very intensely. And they're both, Harry and Voldemort are both lifted into the air. Like you do. With magic. With magic. I never understood the them being lifted into the air. Because they're put in like an empty spot. Was that like, who did that? <laughs> Was that the uh, the magic, or was that, like, Voldemort moving them, or... Just the magic. Is it ever explained? Oh, it just levitates so. you to, like, a perfect spot for a dramatic showdown? <laughs> I, I think the explanation is that this is the first scene that that bitch wrote with the thought of the movie in mind. Mm. Like, she was like, okay, this is gonna be the end of this fourth book, you know, I've done three of them, and the first movie just came out, smashing success... Time to uh, do this fourth one. Okay, big crazy, get lifted up above everyone else in a bubble, and there'll be ghosts. And, like, it just, it seems like, because, like, nothing that we've read so far has given us any reason to believe that this could happen, or anything even close to this could happen, right? So it's it just seems so weird that not only would it stop a killing curse that's supposed to be, like, an unstoppable curse, it stops that, it also connects them and starts drawing. I don't know. It just seems like everything is like, she was just like, how can I make this bigger and bigger and bigger? Yeah. It's cinematic for sure. For sure. I can, that's a good inside the actor's studio, Andrew. I was not, uh, not aware of that backstory. So that's just assumption. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, it sounds right. I base this on thought alone. Okay. Well, (laughs) that's even better. I agree. The beams of light from their wands. They like splinter and create this web. Like a cocoon. That's so cool. It probably (laughs) looks cool. Beautiful birdcage. It probably would look cool. Like it reminds me of like a room at like a music festival or something. Like a little tent with like a lot of lights. (laughs) It'd probably Mm -hmm. be cool. Can, Can you imagine if there's like one kid in the Muggle village who like took acid for the first time? Like, is staring out his bedroom window into that creepy graveyard across the street, and all of a sudden, like, these two beams of light connect, and a magical cocoon starts forming around him. He's just like, oh god, is this the drugs, or is this me? <laughs> Even some, some good weed. Yeah. I think I'd be, it would blow my mind. <laughs> is this normal? My mind's easily blown. Yeah, pretty easily. If I see, like, a pretty color green, I'll be like, oh, wow. (laughs) That's amazing. 
Yeah. You, Did you know they exactly. had green that greens like this before? <laughs> it's the greenest green. But I really fucking love green, so, you know, it attracts me. It's appropriate to love green on 420. It is. Also, you're wearing your Slytherin sweatshirt. I am. I am indeed. I used to wear it all the time, and then my husband fucked with me about it and, you know, made me self-conscious about wearing it all the time. And my claws is kind of a wreck, so. I get it's, it. It's more hard to reach than anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the sympathy. <laughs> You know, I'm not seeing very much blazing from either one oh, of how you. Dare you. How so dare you? And yes, I'm guess a child I'll carry the team. Carry the team on that one. At the end of the episode, Tina should do a final count of who took the most hits from recording. <laughs> it's not going to be me because I've been a lightweight recently and I. I, someone has to keep this episode. Oh, I have <laughs> on, to make sure that we're track. actually doing what we came to do. <laughs> I have a vested interest in the successful completion of this task. Someone has to be Mr. Business. Ooh. Business pants. <laughs> doing work at the adult factory. <laughs> okay, speaking about just another day on the job, <laughs> these death theaters are having a weird day. <laughs> <laughs> First time called in for a shift in like 12 years, 14 years. Voldemort is like, don't help me, you know, classic Voldemort stuff. I can do it. <laughs> don't yeah. touch him. And then this like web around them starts making a sound like a phoenix. Song. Oh. <laughs> and Harry's like, I can't break this connection. I just, <laughs> I wish I could quit you. <laughs> But I can't. Okay, so then there's like a bead of light. And <laughs> it's hard to like just, it's funny to describe this. It's like so dramatic. There's <laughs> the a bead of, bead of light. <laughs> it like it's vibrating and Harry's just like, what the fuck, basically. And then he forces the bead like with his magical <laughs> strength back toward Voldemort. Hal Jordan's that shit. <laughs> and into his wand. And then, whoa, I punched my desk excited. <laughs> <laughs> and then Voldemort's wand is like, what the fuck? And a hand comes out of it. Do do do. A little ghost hand. A little mm -hmm. ghosty boy. I'm sorry, I, I wasn't going to say much more than that, but uh, you took a sip and I feel bad because <laughs> clearly you thought that I would say more than the stupid little a ghosty boy that I did, so my bad. No, it was cute. It was cute. Okay, so then the ghostly form of Cedric Diggory comes out of the wand. Don't you hate it when your ex shows up when you're with your new partner? It's just, ah, uh, so embarrassing. Oh, Cedric! Yeah, hi, um... You don't know him. He's he's new. <laughs> Cedric tells Harry to hold on. And then next out of the wand, da -na -na, comes that muggle dude, Frank Bryce. Remember him? Completely unbothered. He, <laughs> he literally just goes, if I remember correctly, something like, oh, damn, wizards are real? <laughs> okay. <was> a wizard. <laughs> and then he just, that's it. He doesn't say like, where am I? Where's my family? <laughs> Uh, you're what right happened? About that. 
for all that we know, this guy spent the last nine months learning that there is <laughs> in purgatory. More, yeah, yeah. There's more than just the one life that we've been given, and he's sitting there, and the first thing out of his mouth is, "Huh, son of a bitch, he was that." Damn, it's crazy. <laughs> I guess he wasn't lying. Weird. <laughs> yeah, pretty unbothered overall. I feel like I'd have a bit more panic. If I awoke to two wizards dueling in front of me and I was dead <laughs> also. Depends on how enlightened you get when you die like that. Yeah, apparently not at all. Yeah, in nine months you got the the grand summation of knowledge led to you saying, huh, son of a bitch, that guy was right. That was crazy. Or here's the other idea, though. Frank could have just not cared about learning anything. He gets yeah. to the afterlife, and all, the only thing he's concerned with is, wait, was that guy actually a wizard? Now, he's had nine months. He could have been exploring how the universe was created. Why are we here? You know, there's really deep questions. But now nah, Frank's good. He just, he really, he's glad he could come back to confirm to the world who wasn't asking, yes, that was a real wizard. Real wizard. He's He exclaims to a bunch of real wizards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> Okay, so the ghosts, they start pacing. And they're like, yo, what up, Harry? You're doing great, basically. And they're like smack-talking Voldemort. We're all imagining them doing the uh, Jets and Sharks walk, right? Like, Mm -hmm. snapping fingers and like... Moving in a circle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Next, out of the wand comes Bertha Jorkins, my bitch. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) justice for Bertha Jorkins. She's says, don't let go, don't let him get you. And Harry says, who are you? I have no clue. <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> okay. And then next comes the man, James Potter himself. Who else? Uh, I don't think... Isn't his mom next? Oh, is it his mom? Oh, yeah, I think you're right, actually. I, I said I think there, but yes, it is his mother who's next. Oh, thanks for correcting That's me. That's very humble of you. <laughs> the, yeah, she does come first with her, like, pretty hair. She's so pretty and dead mm-hmm. all the time. Wait, wait. Do you have the line? Because, you know, J.K. Rowling loves women. And so, of course, when Harry's mother shows up, it's to deliver the important message. Your father's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. A man's going to be here to say the important parts to you. He wants to see you. It will be all right. Hold on. (laughs) You're doing great, honey. (laughs) When the connection is broken, the ghost will linger to, like, give him time to escape. But he needs to get the poor key and get back to Hogwarts. Okay. And get the body. Yeah. Cedric is like, get my body. Okay. This is very dramatic. Yeah, seriously, selfish much. <laughs> Your body's not going to help really with anything. Uh, and I have to risk my life to get to your stupid body and, and take you with me. Sorry, but Cedric would have stayed behind mm. if I were in Harry's position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, the body is a vessel. Yeah. You're dead. You're dead, Cedric. <laughs> well, and the ironic thing is this experience proves that. Right? Yeah. Like you are talking to the spirit, so the body doesn't matter. I guess it's like for his parents, you know, or whatever, but. <laughs> I talked to your son. He said he wanted <laughs> me to bring your his body back. Oh, uh, your Where's son's his body? <laughs> I couldn't get it, but I wanted you to know the last thing he said was take my I body tried. back to my parents. <laughs> and then I would say, 
it was a life or death scenario. And if I didn't want to end up like your dead son, I had to make a hard decision. I thought and I had no to skedaddle. Deaths today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is so dramatic. Okay. Harry is like, now. And he breaks the connection, and all of the little ghosties swarm Voldemort. Boo. And Harry runs for his life. Uh, it's so stressful, man. I, I did athletics growing up. I'm no use to the, the fear that bubbles up with competition and stuff, but I don't think I could ever, in a real-life or death scenario, just collect everything and run. I would still like drop to the ground and be like, okay, what am I doing? Where am I going? <laughs> I would be the worst person in this scenario. Okay, hold on. Everyone pause. I want just a second to orient myself. I need to think. Hold on. Time I out. just felt my ankle hurts a little bit. Voldemort, shut up. Hold on. <laughs> but have you ever been put in a life or death scenario? Because you might, you might just act on instinct. and Not for my life, but I've been in a scenario involving a life. Okay. Did I you actually, go? No, I remained I pretty think. calm. I, I called 911 and helped perform CPR as appropriate. See, there you go. So crushed it. you're selling yourself short. Yeah, I guess we're right. I would be <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Courtney. You, you'd be awesome in this um, hypothetical scenario. <laughs> Harry's running. And the, well, but he's like hobbling because of his broken slash <laughs> injured ankle. He's enthusiastically hobbling <laughs> he's, down the road. He's really trying to get there. And the Death Eaters are trying to stop him, but he like also dodges their spells pretty good. Uh, Terrible shots. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up stormtrooper. Stormtrooper type shots for sure. You've got an injured guy who can barely walk mm -hmm. and you're like not able to hit him. Okay. And like 30 is all you've got in your supremacist death cult because <laughs> the Proud Boys have at least <laughs> twice that number. <laughs> there are dozens of them. He just got reborn today. Give him a chance. And you know, they, they have to do some hard stuff. They have to name cereal. So, I mean, that's yeah. a much harder group to join than the Death Eaters. Death mm -hmm. Eaters just have to like be willing to kill people, right? Yeah. I'm like, 30 is 30 sad. It's a bad poetry reading turnout. 30 would be sad for a quinceanera, you know? It's definitely not good for a death cult. I would want more than 30 followers, is all I'm saying. I wouldn't yeah. think I was a very good recruiter if I could only get 30 people in my death cult. <laughs> oh, man. All right. And here we are. <laughs> Harry grabs Cedric's wrist. And he summons the port key with the spell. How do you pronounce that spell? Accio. Okay. Are you asking me? With the Accio spell. Accio. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would say a soft C, but I'm probably wrong in that. Everyone does it different. <laughs> <laughs> but he does the Accio Osseo spell. And then he like whisks them out the fuck out of this situation. Yeah, it, it's kind of a majestic exit, to be honest. Like, if you yes. think about it, he's just, like, running, grabs the body, reaches out in the cup. Yeah. Like, I, if I was a Death Eater there, I'd be like, okay, I know I'm about to get tortured, and that's going to suck. And, like, he shouldn't have yeah. gotten away. But, like, at least he got away with style, right? Like, <laughs> th this looked good. It's not he like slid he slid in. 
Yeah, it's not like fumbling and bumbling and like mm. trips and falls on the cup that takes him away. Like, at least he looked competent, right? Like, his yeah. ending shot would have been cool with reaching out the hand and everything. Mm-hmm. You're so already about baseball. That, I'm going to get tortured and it's going to suck, but I can hold on to that at least, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. The 14-year-old looked really cool when he got away from me and my entire group of friends that are all adults trying to keep him from going. Can I just... One thing. Yes. Okay. Wormtail. That silver hand... I would cut my hand off if I could get a silver hand like that. (laughs) It's really strong. Uh, It's pretty. Uh, I'm sure it's pretty clean. Mm. Pretty (laughs) sterile. Easy to keep clean. If I had the assurance that I would have, like, a perfectly working, normal hand, but it would be made of silver, I'd probably be okay with getting my hand cut off. <laughs> well, and, I mean, wow. not to mention, times get tough. You cut off a pinky. Yeah. Sell that shit. Make some mm-hmm. money. Wow. I, no, I think you're right. Silver hand, it's far superior. And, like, I do have to admit I love the idea of Voldemort just sitting back and be like, oh, and maybe I can put an antibacterial component on it, too. That'll be nice. Like, just, like... <laughs> upgrading this silver hand in his thoughts like how am i going to make this work because i might want a silver hand someday and i have a guinea pig right here yeah it's anti-bacterial anti-microbial yeah <laughs> doesn't have a chance to get infected <laughs> boom brand new hand <laughs> well here we are at the end of the chapter that one went really fast it's so dramatic so many things happen i want to know courtney what do you think was the most dramatic moment in this chapter well, I'm quite a fan of the villain foreplay. Bow, Harry, you know. But I would be made of stone if I said this chapter didn't make me cry, because it does. It's very, it's very intense. <laughs> a lot happens. Well, you know, like the parent stuff. It's real sad and stuff. And when I was a child yes. reading this, I was very moved by the uh, mm-hmm. by the dead parents. I'm a sucker for. <laughs> Dead parents. I'm a sucker for some... De- Give me an orphan and I'm yeah. happy. That's all I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> it's part of his branding. Yeah. <laughs> so in answer to your question, uh, an answer that doesn't really make sense. Um, all of it. I like all of it. <laughs> no. It's the it's the wizard bow. It's the bow, Harry. The, the fucking with him. Yeah, very thematic. Yeah. I think I could survive Crucio. I'm just saying it. Mm-hmm. Cruciatus, I've been, uh, I've been tased a couple times, not to brag, but. <laughs> Is that a brag? <laughs> Guys, I think I could. Just saying, people have felt the need to put I electricity into it. my body multiple no, no, no. times. It was a fun tasing. We had friends who had a taser and we just wanted to see who could stand up the longest without yeah. falling down from being tased. Did you do the thing where you like hold hands and see how many people can hold on while you uh, tase the person on the end? No, it's more like put the couch cushions on the ground and then we're going to tase one another and you just kind of see how long you can you can stand up. It's a fun, fun game. Fun, innocent game. Andrew, what, what was your most dramatic moment in this whole chapter? Well, I, I've, got, I've got something other than a dramatic moment. Because my dramatic moment was a dramatic realization, I guess. Which is that this chapter might have aged the worst of any chapter that I've read on this reread. Yeah. Because it started off as one that, like you said, Courtney, it was like one of my favorite chapters. It was so cool. 
But as I've read it and reread it and reread it and reread it, it's gotten to the point where it's, it falls flat, right? Like, cause, and I think, I think that's what I was trying to say earlier is it, it's cinematic, but not in a yeah. way that reads well, not in a way that sounds clever or is like, it's not like. I completely agree with yeah. that. Like the, just... the beads moving back and forth, like all of that's very visual and. It's and flashy. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it does designed with a camera in mind. Right. Sure. So I uh, think, now that you say that, it makes like perfect sense. That's probably exactly what that pitch was doing. Da-na-na. But I think that that was the most dramatic part to me is like the, the shock as going back and rereading of just how not, not awesome. It not was. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When Christina told me that this was the chapter, I was like, I texted her and was like, Oh, that's a cool chapter. Yeah. So I went back and reread it and I was like, actually, <laughs> the one <laughs> the one before and the one after yeah. are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But this one mm-hmm. while it has its merits, <laughs> I uh I think that it's bookended by much better um Yeah, I'm with you. Writing. I th- well, and like I agree. It cuz like it parts of it are just flat out sloppy too. Like the fact that she had the hand come out, right? So why isn't there multiple representations of the Imperious Curse in Crucio? Because she's done that, like, that's been used from that yeah. one, too. Oh, right? well, yeah, so, that, that brings me to a question. Did we talk about this already? Like, how the fuck does this spell work? No, we didn't talk about How it, does this spell talk- work? It doesn't. That's the thing. Okay. <laughs> like- I was talking about it in the Discord. It doesn't make sense with spells that don't have, like, a good physical representation. Well, maybe it's like a, a photograph, like when someone is killed, their wand creates a type of photograph of a person or whatever, and then like a weak facsimile of that is brought out. What if this is deeper than we're giving it credit for? I'm putting on my tinfoil hat officially, okay? Do it. What if this is way deeper than we're giving it credit for? Because we know that in book seven... That this hand turns and kills Wormtail when Wormtail just hesitates. He just, like, hesitates and it kills him, right? Yeah, I guess that's probably a good reason not to get the silver hand. Maybe what this is supposed (laughs) to represent is, like, the wand is showing the, the moments that involved life and death, right? And what happened is when he created that hand, he created some level of life form. Not an individually thinking thing, but some amount of aliveness of spark was in that hand. So then the only other things that it showed besides that were the killing, you know, parts. But why is there like a a hard cap on how many dead people come out of his wand? Because <laughs> I'm going to assume he's killed more than more than those those dead people. Maybe she forgot to write this, but like as James was saying to Harry, like these are the instructions that you've got to follow. There were still more uh, beads. People coming out. out. Yeah. Mm. They just didn't feel the need to mention the other ones. Those unspecified victims. Right. See, this is what I'm talking like. This is the the badness of that you realize like later on is that it's not. not, Yeah. it, It was done for the pizzazz and not for the sustenance. Right there. There's no world building here. This spell is crap. (laughs) Or this effect is crap. Yeah, it's a little convenient. It's like, how can we connect them? Well, and like the other part of it too would be, can you imagine if you did this on accident, right? 
like how terrifying that would be if you and a friend happened to have the same cord wands and like not even something aggressive like you like do a tickling charm and they'd like oh repel and it hits and all of a sudden you're floating in midair and like the spells you've cast are coming out <laughs> in beads between you or does yeah. someone have to have committed murder for it to work no but you can't murder a damn hand <laughs> maybe you can i mean yeah <laughs> For me, personally, um, my most dramatic moment <laughs> of this <laughs> chapter is when when Harry does it. Like, in a split second, he, like, he like runs, and he fucking gets Cedric, and he gets the porky, and he fucking dips. That's, like, so, it's so dramatic. It's so good. It's, like, boom, I got mm-hmm. this. Uh, bye. <laughs> he spends a lot of time not doing anything, so when he does stuff, it <laughs> makes me happy. The hero hero should do stuff. (laughs) (laughs) A bold strategy there. Heroes should do stuff in the story. In this book, he's been dragged along a lot. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to move on to plugs? Plugs. Is that the end of it? Does anyone have anything else to say about the chapter? I wish I did. (laughs) On a weed-related note. Yeah, indeed. What do you think the best smoke spot at Hogwarts would be? Ooh. Maybe the Aldery on like a crisp morning. Ugh, it smells like smell shit though. Oh, yeah, Nowhere to sit down. It's a good. Okay, then maybe the, like uh, the Astronomy Tower. The astronomy Tower. Yeah, that's that what I was gonna there. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out mm-hmm. by the uh, the Great Lake or the uh, the lake. The one Great Lake. The one nah. Great Lake. Yeah. <laughs> that squid would wig me out. Don't <laughs> want if uh, if if you're really really ballsy, under the Whomping Willow. Hmm. Who doesn't love to smoke weed and get beat up? <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to get whomped. <laughs> Gotta stay on your toes. Yeah. Okay, I'm, it's interesting that we all had the same uh, conclusion on that one. But I mean, you got the poofs, you got the tea. It, in theory, though, you do have the uh, room requirement, too. Yeah, so true. I like you could create... The perfect room? Yeah, I need the perfect smoke spot. I need the perfect smoke spot. I wonder if the room of requirement could provide a room with a view. You know what I mean? Like like some other <laughs> <Yeah>. place. <laughs> so it feels yeah, like you're out yeah. on a balcony. Or get this, an IMAX. It's just an <laughs> IMAX. <laughs> what, what if it's a square room and each wall is like a different view? So you have like an Arctic landscape on mm. one. You have like an ocean on one. Have like a, a pasture, like an open field or meadow on one. This and is then... um, this is starting to remind me of Smart House. Yeah, too much <laughs> stimulation. <laughs> Make my head hurt. <laughs> All right, should we do plugs now? Sure. Any last words? You know, guys, always fun to smoke weed with my buddies. You know, yeah, we should uh, do it more. We have plenty of nerdy conversations, so. Christina, we got to build that tolerance up. I know. No, I know. I've become a lightweight. I've hit the bong twice, and I'm going to hit it a third time as we wrap up. As we wrap Dana, up. I, I've been meaning to talk to you. You haven't been doing drugs as much, and it's hurt me as your friend. Yeah. We're going to have to increase your drug. It's a reverse intervention. <laughs> a reverse intervention. Thank you. you. I knew you guys cared about me. <laughs> I'm just trying to buy time so I can think of a good plug. Yeah, all mine are like either too too dark or okay. Here's a fun one. Watch the Ultimatum on Netflix. Because <laughs> oh yeah, you were you were texting in the group chat about that. It's just like just distilled Schadenfreude. Just I just want to eat it with a spoon. These 
dumb people who, it's a reality show, the premise being uh, the person that you're with who won't commit to you, uh, you give them an ultimatum and then you all go, a bunch of couples, to a sexy island and then you trade partners. And then at the end, you have to decide whether you're going to leave the old person or marry them. Sounds like a, a, you know, pretty mundane premise, but watching a man get rejected by three different women (laughs) in a very open setting within like a probably an hour and then proposing to the original girl as if that was his plan the entire time. And it wasn't because he got rejected three times. (laughs) It's just, uh, it's great. Wow. It's great. If you like reality TV, I give it a gold, gold ass star. (laughs) Thank you so much for that recommendation. Mm Mm-hmm. Andrew, what are you plugging this week? All right. Uh, I am going to plug. I'm going to plug getting back into like an exercise routine of any sort. <laughs> getting your body moving. You can plug a thing. Thanks, I'm Dad. Plugging a general, I thought this like, was a media. I don't know. I, listen, I, I watch the same shit every day. Okay. How about this? I, retake. Retake. I'm going to get. I'm going to go there then. I'm going to go there. Oh, no. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to shit on your take. I just. I was playing within a different set of boundaries. No, 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 no. I, I, oh, ready, 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 ready. I'm going to plug something that I am watching that is embarrassing the living hell out of me. It is a competition show that is set within a certain genre of music that Christine is going to hate me for bringing up, but it's a K-pop fucking like competition show called Queendom 2. Six groups that are going head-to-head, and I am unironically loving every minute of it. So that's what I will plug is watch these incredible performers perform against each other. Hmm. I didn't take you for a K-pop boy. Oh no, no. Kids no. these days, they love. <laughs> Don't engage. Oh, is there a rant? <laughs> no, it's a fine. K-pop it's fine. rant? No, it's, com- it's completely fine. It's normalized. Here. From you? <laughs> the rant from you? No. Or from Andrew? I could talk about K-pop for a very long time, but now I, I got into it. The, during quarantine, my dad's into it, and he uh, got me into it. Your dad's into it. Hmm. Yeah. That's the real, that's the real fun one, yeah. Yeah. Now he's trying to get me into K-dramas, and I'm just... See, I've watched some K-dramas. Quite a fan. Okay. But uh, the K-pop, it's a high, hard barrier for me to get past. <laughs> Although, maybe I just haven't exposed myself to enough K-pop. Just check out some Red Velvet. You'll do fine. Noted. anyway my name is christina you know where to find me um i would love to plug our patreon for as little as a dollar a month you can support us on our patreon we do bonus episodes over there and uh our april's bonus episode was uh behind the magical bastards um of tom marvel riddle hosted by that sounds very interesting and intriguing and probably well done too I think people should probably want, I'm going to want to check that out. Aren't I? Aren't I? Agreed. I'm going to want to check that out. Yeah, indeed. Because <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Definitely check us out on our Patreon link is in the show notes. Um, I would also, for this week, I'm going to plug the audiobook of The Hunger Games specifically. I've been listening. <laughs> I've been listening to it. <laughs> Bringing it full circle. <laughs> the, the narrator is really good. And I haven't read these since uh, they first came out. And it, they, I think this book series holds up, or at least the first one. Um, it's better than I remember. I, I was wondering that recently. 
I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear that. It just kind of like set the tone for a lot of other books that came after it and didn't do it quite as good. Yeah. And so people. Like the Maze Runner yeah. sucks. Well, it. <laughs> there's, there's some pros and cons to. All, I believe all you'll the find out that there. there's arguments on both sides to be had for that particular series. The concept, great. Execution, it is a great concept. Poop. It's a great concept. And that's the yeah. thing. That's the thing. So many of these are conceptually. So many like uh, the dystopias that followed were conceptually yeah. so strong, but like maybe it didn't follow through, at least as well as the first Hunger Games. Anyway, uh, check it out. The audiobook Hunger specifically <laughs> because the narrator's good. Okay. Um... Happy 420, guys. Courtney, thanks for joining us. Happy 420. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. And Andrew, I love you. I love you. (laughs) Oh, okay. Fine. That's fucking cool. Courtney, your present is what? No kidding. (laughs) I love you. Wow. (laughs) Goodbye. I love everyone. Oh, my God. Don't do this to me. All right, gang, I got to go finish reading Wand Docking for Beginners before this Wand Docking like before this book attacks me in a graveyard. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I'm high. Yeah. <laughs> that was silly. Christina. Thanks for do- thanks for doing that with me, gang. Your eyes. <laughs> really? They're so small. <laughs> The Restricted Section is thrilled to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, which features amazing other podcasts such as My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast. My Cabbages is an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast that was started by two lovable nerds during a global pandemic to stave off their inevitable existential crisis. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago. The four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you. Sitting there on a seal. Well, now look it back at me. I'm on a, on an even bigger seal. Now look away. D and D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that, and Ang just like unzips his pants and whips out his d20s. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> we'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at CabbageCast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? The Restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. 
For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, on Twitter at Restricted Pod, and on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, so I'm complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. get started i actually wrote rips bong into my notes <laughs> so as to not get confused that movie sucked i kind of liked it movie night crew network